This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. The dog days of summer are here, which means it's prime barbecue season. The grills are kicking, and as we get in those last days of summer, you really got to make sure you have what you need. But it also means that the American Royal is right around the corner. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for everything that you need for the American Royal. I know that I will. This year at the American Royal, we'll be doing our first live Pitmaster podcast broadcast from Kansas Speedway with the great folks at the Kansas City Barbecue Store. We hope to have a lot of teams come by and say hi, and we think it's going to be a lot of fun. So as a listener of the Old Virginia Smoke Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this American Royal season by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, and for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. All right, this is Luke Darnell here. Uh, I'm the host of this show, Pitmaster, on the Old Virginia Smoke Podcast. And this week, we are with Drew Davis from Razor Racks. How you doing, bud? Pretty good, Luke. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, you know, when you go look at barbecuedata.com and you see somebody that's got 11 top 10s in a row with four wins, that's pretty good. I appreciate it. <laughs> Where are you headed this weekend? Heading out to Ponca City, Oklahoma. Right on. Trying, to stay, uh, trying to stay uh, fresh for the Royal coming up. Right. It's coming quick, isn't it? Yep, two weeks. I know. People are like... Man, it seems so far away. I'm like, it's not far away. I've I've already started prepping for that and getting stuff out there, and then the season will be over before we know it. I know, I know, and it's it's just it's crazy that it's September and it'll be October in two weeks. And yeah. are you in the jack this year? Am not. Had Neither. probably my best chance this year. Had uh, two of the three bungs from Mississippi, uh, but. Uh, you know that's the jack. It's it's a <laughs> it's a draw and lost it's, the draw this year. Yeah, I uh, I did not make it this year, but I got to go last year, so I've finally been. So yeah, it's it's right up there with the royal for me. It's a uh, one of my favorite contests. We've been lucky to go uh, three times, and it's there's still very little that compares with uh, Lynchburg in the fall. I agree. I agree. I can't. Uh, hopefully, I can get back sooner than the 10 years it took me to get there. <laughs> yeah, that, That's the issue with it. I mean, you can cook so well and never go, never get called, never get called. Uh, I think that's part of the mystique of it and the, the aura of it. Yep. But for my money, I think the Royal is just the granddaddy. That's the one it's, where everybody's there. It's just awesome. It's the funnest time. You know, it, for us, we always section out, you know, four days at least for the Royal get up there on at least Thursday and, and, uh, cause there's so much to do so much to see so many people to see. And you're in that freaking huge, you know, uh, racetrack. Like it's, it's hard to explain to other people just what the Royal is. Yeah. I, I have a bunch of new teams coming from the East coast and yeah, you can do a little tr- tour with them be like a tour guide. And I've actually, I put together a document and sent it to them. Like, this is what you go here. Yeah, go here, be here, be prepared for X. 
Um, Don't be late. Right. Want to miss out on the tenderloin sandwich? Don't want to miss out on the swag here. Like, don't want to miss out on the hot dog one or hot dog social. But also, it's just a logistical nightmare. You know, a, f- a friend of mine's going, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna get there Wednesday. We're just gonna stay in the in the small trailer the whole time." And I'm like, "Dude, that's you can't do that. You need to. <laughs> you need to. Uh, yeah, got to get out and mingle and, and enjoy the parties and find yourself a hotel room for those first two nights. You'll be yes. much better off. Yes. Yeah, we're lucky. We got a uh, Airbnb this year. We drug our feet and usually get a hotel but by the time we looked at them the prices were outside of the range i felt comfortable paying so we got it yeah. about two miles away so it's just as good as a hotel absolutely i, I went a step further because i had some logistical problems last year yeah and uh so i rented an rv this year i was gonna do that and so like <laughs> part of you know part of my style i mean i I'd save money here and there I'd get the smaller spots. I don't need electricity. This year I was going to do the RV. Um, and then I looked at the size of the space that you need for an RV on top of the price of the RV and the delivery fee. And all of a sudden that the Royal got really expensive. <laughs> so I was like, okay, the, the Airbnb is a lot cheaper and uh, still got my little spot, my 10 by 10 canopy and don't need electricity. And so the price tag took me away from the RV, but that I think that is the easiest, best way to go. Yeah, I went all in on on convenience this year. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I'll get there one day. We'll see how it goes. So there's a little bit of a legend brewing about you right now. <laughs> I get my name's getting mentioned a little more. Yeah, yeah. The GC on a single drum. Yep, on one gateway drum. Uh, something I always wanted to do. Uh, I can remember seeing Brad and Tim do it a couple years ago. I was at the contest that they did it, and it it uh, just looked like a challenge. They both, I think, finished around top five. And uh, I actually won up RGC in that contest. Uh, but uh, ever since then, I, I thought, I want to do that. And um, over the last couple of years, just the monotony of uh, cooking the same thing, it was pretty much the same way over the last couple of years, getting a, a little bored. Um, I decided I was going to do it and had a perfect – opportunity to do it it was in an area where i think cans just crush it in in south central missouri yep i uh, just thought what the heck might as well go try it and did it and may never do it again i'm definitely <laughs> gonna get cans back out but i doubt i ever do one can again right because you're 100 percent. exactly i'm bat- batting a thousand so uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna let people try to match that and i hope people do try because it it was a lot of fun especially if you're a can cooker i mean give it a shot. I know it's a lot of money. It's one whole contest you're, you're throwing a Hail Mary at, but uh, you'll, you'll earn a lot of respect if you, if you do well with it. <laughs> well, you got to have a lot of confidence to try and pull a move like that. Where does your confidence in cooking come from? Just repetition. So, you know, I've cooked a 150 some contest now and done it over and over and over again. Um, I'm just, just confident. I know uh, I like to use the analogy of like uh use a lot of sports analogies, but this one is, um, I may not hit a home run, but I know I'm going to at least make contact. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to be in the ballpark. I'm going to be in the game and I'm not going to swing and miss basically. So that, that gives me the confidence to try something new. Um, yeah. now I'm just got to figure out what's the next new thing I'm going to try. That's cool. That's awesome, man. It's refreshing. Cause <laughs> I, I, we all get stuck in that rut and, 
a lot of times it can be an expensive rut to get out of. Yes. I cooked on backwoods forever and it was just getting so monotonous. So I switched to the Jambo. That's not an easy, you know, <laughs> it's, well, it's an easy switch, but it's not a cheap switch. Um, yeah. Do you think any of your career or life experiences outside of barbecue have prepared you to be a pit master out there on the trail? Uh, for sure. So I'm in the healthcare field. Um, I'm a physical therapist Monday through Friday. Uh, I, this is kind of might get a little weird. I don't know, but uh, PT <laughs> school, we did uh, dissecting human cadavers. So I've got a little bit of a extensive knowledge on muscle tissues, nerve tissues, uh, different types of muscles. And, and I think that helps me say when I'm trimming meat and and uh, knowing how certain muscles will respond. And um, uh, I feel comfortable with a knife. I've, I've dissected a lot of animals and I've <laughs> dissected a person before too. Uh, and I have a very wide knowledge of just pretty much head to toe of, of musculoskeletal stuff. That's a podcast first. You're the first person who's dissected a human. Yeah. That's awesome. so we've talked a lot about how great you are and that's one of the things that's awesome about barbecue but do you have any favorite failures of yours during a competition where where something went wrong and you really learned from that and that helped you moving forward so my biggest failure or maybe more so biggest regret uh i was at a contest i think in kennett missouri Uh, i had a couple friends over they were helping out um and I remember it was pork turn in, which all, all cooks know that's the hardest turn in to get. It's the most work usually trying to do all the different aspects with whatever you do. And um, my friends were, and I think my wife too, were just kind of casually talking. We we're having a good time. And I was really stressed out about, okay, the, the window's already open and we just got a couple minutes left. And I kind of, kind of lost my cool. Uh, I probably, I mean, I may not have said something really inappropriate, but I, I got a little aggressive and and told them, hey, y'all got to shut up. We got to get this in, get this, get this together. And uh, we wound up making turn-ins and it's fine. But uh, I regret how, how I portrayed myself to them. And uh, from then I kind of had to come to Jesus moment with myself and, and really realize that if this is going to make me that person, it's, it's not, it's not worth it. So from then on, I was a lot more relaxed. Um, I didn't let, competitions dictate my following week so if I scored badly I forgot about it It, it's not a big deal I'm not going to let something as subjective and trivial that we do for fun affect who I am I didn't want that to be really become my identity and so from then on I really think I cooked a lot better a lot a lot looser and just a lot more comfortable too absolutely absolutely that's man that's great to hear you know it's something we all struggle with is taking this too seriously, I think. Yes. And I give myself basically till halfway through the ride home to be mad. Yeah. Yeah. And then I drop it and yeah. it's, it's done and it doesn't matter. I can't tell you the last time I dissected a score sheet. I just, I don't care. You know, <laughs> I'll still look at the scores and do that. But I mean, I can remember, I think Brad's pointed this out many times about how it's a, it's a game of averages. Your, your cooking ability, your, if you cook a hundred times this year, you're going to win X amount of times. If you cook hundred times next year, you're going to win a certain amount of time. It's going to be weeks where you get beat up, no matter if you cook the best food you have all year. And that's frustrating. And I get that, but 
but there's no reason to let that affect you or affect your next cook or affect your week or affect your, your relationship with your spouse or your kids. Right. That's a big part of it. What's, what's the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you? Surprising thing. Um, probably the people that I've met. So now like I can say I could be traveling through Kansas or Illinois or Tennessee or South Louisiana. And if something like went wrong, I I have someone I can reach out to and I have someone I know that's going to, going to care to help me. And, uh, uh, that's just a fun feeling and a good feeling to have of just knowing I've got relationships with people just all across the country. Uh, I've seen people on social media, you know, get broke down the side of the road and, and uh, next thing I know, somebody else in barbecues helping get them hooked up with somebody to get a tire fixed or get a car worked on or get something moved from one state to the other. And uh, the, the camaraderie that competition barbecues brought to me and my wife's been just second to none. So you cook with your wife? Yes. Yeah. So my wife comes to probably 60 to 70% of the contest. Uh, she would come to hundred percent if she could, but we've got a, a little two and a half year old. Uh, <laughs> it comes to probably about a quarter of our contest now. And hopefully as she gets older. We'll come to many, many, many more of those. That's cool. In our future. That's cool. I, I also cook with my wife and we have a lot of fun and yeah. you know, it's, it, but balancing that with home life and jobs and everything, it can, it can definitely, yeah. get touch and go here and there. Yes, yeah. like I can remember my wife was uh I guess it was in 2020 she was uh, just had our, our child and um that year we had to travel pretty good distance to find a contest because they just were few and far between and uh she I, I probably didn't realize how upsetting it was to her that she couldn't go to him because you know we had a three-month-old six-month-old and you can't just drop a three-month-old off at the at the parents or at a babysitter or something. And so she felt like she had to stay home and I forgot how much she missed of, of, uh, of our friendships that we had and just the aspect of getting out of the house and going to these contests. And, and uh, once I realized that it, it really changed my way of, okay, maybe I don't need to be cooking as much right now. Let's put this off. Let's reflect back on just mine and her relationship. That's cool. That's cool. Let's switch gears a little bit into gear. Okay. We've already uh, <laughs> we've already established your love of the single drum. What's one of the m- most worthwhile investments that you've made in competition barbecue? Uh, for me, it would probably be my canopy. So uh, I'm a, I'm a minimalist when it comes to cooking. I, I don't have a lot of gadgets, but uh, and I cook outside. You know, I don't have a trailer. Um, I, I bring a Jambo uh, J3 behind me, but that canopy. Um, I just probably started on my third or fourth in the last 10, 11 years of cooking. Wow. So, you know, I use a Euromax canopy. I get the mid grade. So not the most expensive, but not the cheapest. And uh, the last one, uh, I probably cooked on my newest one for about three contests, but the last one I had, man, that thing lasted me like three years. So basically I got a trailer for 300 bucks that lasted yeah. me three years. I got my money's worth out of that thing. Man, minimalist cooking is, it's something I enjoy. I love taking the J3 in a pop-up and putting everything together and, and being outside. My my wife says she likes it. I don't think she does. She enjoys <laughs> the trailer. Uh, it, and it is, when the weather's bad, it is a little tougher. Yeah. But You know, wind and rain's not too bad as long as it's, like, uh, not 
know, hammering down, but wind can be a, a big uh, game changer for me. Like I hate seeing 20 plus mile an hour winds. Yeah, that's tough. I had to up in Lake Placid last time we did this, I had to move the truck. Like as the wind rotated, I'm trying to keep the keep yep. the truck in between me and the wind. So I'll buddy up next to someone that's got a trailer if I can. Uh, if it blocks the wind, and then your truck is a a valuable resource, uh, keeping that canopy held down, and then yep. also blocking wind for sure. Ab- absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data, historical data, calls, wins, placements. Everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on BarbecueData.com. What purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your barbecue life? Okay, so um, on the cheap side, um, those cotton gloves, those are uh, huge, and not just uh, regular cotton gloves. Like I always have two pair. I've got a thicker pair that I'm using for majority of my cook. You know, I'm putting those vinyl natural gloves on top of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, something real thick that's not going to help burn my hands. But then I've got a really thin pair. And those those come in handy when you're boxing. Like you, you're a lot more detail-oriented. you got a lot more control and a lot more tactile cues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to switch to those when it comes time to box. And uh, that, that little bit of extra control keeps you from, you know, chicken being just in the right place. Uh, keeps you from making a mess quite as much, dropping something. Uh, so a thin pair and a thick pair of uh, of uh, cotton gloves. I think it's also important when you're slicing yes. and when you're handling the meat. Yeah, you can feel it. You just got that touch. The tactile, yeah, the tactile sensations that you mentioned are a huge deal for me. Yeah. When I'm slicing ribs or slicing money muscle, if I can't feel it, that's why I think these, you know, I hope you're not an electric knife guy. I am not. I'm Thank not, God. I didn't think you were. I'm electric uh, methane. So. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's, I've told that story a hundred times. I'm not going to tell it again, but, um, yeah, I saw Darren use an electric knife. I'm like, really? <laughs> they call you the goat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, when the knife hits the meat, it's so important to me how that feels. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to me that that knife is consistently the same sharpness because, when I cut it, I know if that I can tell you which racks I'm probably going to turn in just by slicing. Yeah, and you can definitely tell if one's tighter than the other or one's looser than the other. And yeah, I, I can tell with a brisket too, like how that texture is going to be. If that knife just glides through there so easy, I know it's it's perfect. If I've got to work it a little bit, it's either a little tight or it might be a little overcooked, and I've rendered all the fat out of it. Uh, so it, you do get a lot of feedback from your hands you know cooking with your senses that's one absolutely all you people listening there's a lot of good information in the past three minutes <laughs> if you're trying to learn something that and it's something that it takes a long time you know you mentioned you've cooked 150 contests barbecue data said 155 um it's it's so important that repetition and getting to know those feels and, and it's also 
it's impossible to teach too. Yes. You, I, I can sit there and tell people till the cows come home, like this is what it's got to feel like when you do this, but until you right. feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't need to ask the next question about technology or programs, <laughs> apps or tools. <laughs> so, uh, the only tool I have would be a uh, handheld uh, leaf blower or it's like a, a inflator, I guess you'd say. And I, I'll use that if, uh, if my fire gets down and I've got to stoke it back up, just to add a little airflow, but it's battery powered. It's a little trick I stole from uh, Reagan with La Pasadita. He uh, let me borrow one of his one day. I was like, oh, I got to have one of these, but I've got to get the <laughs> smallest one possible. So that it's a lot of space. <laughs> got to keep your footprint small. Yes. Yep. We're going to switch over to people now. Who's impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? So I probably would. There's two people. One guy, he doesn't uh, doesn't compete anymore. I've kind of lost touch with him, but he's the one that got me into competition barbecue. Uh, his name is Nick Garza. He uh, yeah. He uh, used to cook with Epic Barbecue Crew. Um, when we were in grad school together, he kind of took me to a barbecue contest. I think it was a BCA contest in South Arkansas. And uh, from that moment on, I knew it was something I wanted to try and wanted to do. And me and him, we we learned a lot from each other. Uh, but then as I got into competition barbecue even more, uh, Eric Lee with fire dancer barbecue, I guess you'd say kind of my mentor, someone that, that just taught me more than I could ever repay him. Um, took his class, uh, always picked his brain. Uh, he doesn't give out a lot of information, but over time I've, I've, I've gotten some gems from him. <laughs> uh, I probably mirror my style off of, off of him as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Eric's a good dude. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I really, I, I don't know him that well, but I'd like to get to know him better. He's yeah. uh, he's a really nice guy. Do you have any, you don't strike me as superstitious guy, but do you have any habits, rituals, or routines that you have to do during your contest? So I am superstitious. I guess you'd say there's some quirks about me, like uh, <laughs> going back to those cotton gloves, like when I'm cooking good. I'm going to stick and make sure I've got the exact same pair of cotton gloves. Uh, I'm going to just be anal about it. Make sure I've got those. I probably got five or six pairs with me, but I know where those two are that I've been using and I know they don't help me, but, but in my mind, uh, it definitely helps me. Uh, I've got a little stuffed pig. So I was in a rut probably at the end of 2020, early 2021 and, uh, Rooters and Tudors, Leanne, uh, dropped off this stuffed animal pig at my cook site and about from there I went on a good roll of winning quite a few contests and that pigs went with me at every contest I don't display it or show it off at all but I've had that pig with me every time that's cool and then the last one's probably what I wear to awards if I've been cooking well and scoring well I'm going to be sure I'm wearing the same shorts same shirt to awards uh, every time until that hot streak ends Wow, so you have a lot of shit. Yeah, so I can I can complain <laughs> a lot of baseball, and if anyone that uh, plays sports or plays baseball in particular, there's a lot of superstitions when it comes to baseball. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Luckily, I forgot all that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking back to it, and I was like, yeah, you had a lot of that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you listen to music when you cook? Yeah, so uh, I'm a Spotify guy. I don't. Uh, buy music per se I, I use the spotify app and yeah i have to listen to all those annoying commercials but uh i 
usually turn my music on about 9.30, sometime before I start chicken. Um, usually some kind of mix of some kind of Red Dirt Country or Pop Rocks or or something 90s, early 2000s related. I'm a big yeah. uh, Turnpike Troubadour fan. You're going to hear them. You're going to hear uh, Billy Strings, uh, Whiskey Myers, that kind of music. Oh, cool. Yep. We'll have to check some of that out. Yep. One of my goals for by the end of the year is to get a couple of, of our playlists up on Spotify. So okay yeah it's cool. It, it's cool it's we ran into a thing in placid that <laughs> i don't regret it uh, <laughs> there were a bunch of people standing around because we were getting ready to start brisket and they were like pretending like they weren't watching and i said <laughs> if you want to come around here and watch you can <laughs> and right when i said that they were coming around and nwa came on <laughs> and i i just looked at all of them and i said hey uh you're welcome to sit here and watch, ask questions and everything, but NWA is on and it's not coming off. <laughs> and uh, about halfway through Gangsta Gangsta, this lady looked at me and she goes, what am I listening to? Just so I could tell people that I listened to it. <laughs> that just made me laugh. Uh, but that's, yeah, that <laughs> I am what I am musically. It's just the way it is. <laughs> Do you, uh, when you're cooking, is your competition planning, is your week the same prep-wise? I try to keep it as close as I can. Uh, you know, I'm trimming meat Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere in that window, just when I, when, uh, depending on what the girl's doing, what the family's doing. Uh, Thursday's my sauce and injection day. And then Friday, I'm loading up early, going to work usually for half a day or as soon as I can get off work. And then I'm hauling butt to a contest, usually showing up about six, seven, eight o'clock. And uh, wow. I'm usually one of the last ones there. Like this weekend, I'll probably roll into Ponca City about eight o'clock. Um, but just I just don't have the availability to cook as much as I want to and not have to do that every now and then. Yeah. Um, so it takes me about 45 minutes to an hour on a Friday night to get set up and get meat injected. So I'm, I mean, I'm real quick with that. And uh, then Saturday's the cook and start all over on uh, next Monday or Tuesday. Man, Streamlined. That's going to be the name of this podcast, Streamlined. <laughs> Efficiency. Absolutely. So what have you, this is a different question that I haven't asked too many people, but it's one of the ones that I think is pertinent, especially for people that have been cooking for a while. Yeah. What, what have you seen that's changed over the past five to seven years in competition barbecue like and where do we go from here to make it better well obviously we got to get new people involved you know right now you're seeing a lot of the same cooks at a lot of the contests which they're usually really good cooks there there's a reason why they keep going to all these contests but we got to get new people you know i'm hoping that the barbecue usa is going to do a, a lot of good in that realm, but uh, somehow we've got to show what we do, the fun we have, get more involved with the public, and then uh, also show people that it's, it is an expensive hobby, but there are ways to make it less expensive. Uh, right. And I hope that's what I show. I'd really try to, with my minimalistic style, want to show that, Hey, you know, you don't have to drop a grand every contest. You can cut corners in certain areas in certain areas you can't uh but long long answer short we just gotta get new people in here uh, yeah from somewhere and i think cooking that way and cooking out of a tent and not having a large footprint yeah. not spending 
you know, $400 in fuel to get to a contest because you're towing 9,000 pounds. Yeah. yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's something Kim and I have talked a lot about. And I, I personally enjoy love being out there cooking and yeah. you're a lot more approachable. Like, uh, yeah, usually has to play kind of the gatekeeper, gatekeeper <laughs> during turn-ins especially. And she does a great job of that because uh, you're a lot more approachable when you're outside. People come up to you. They're willing to ask you questions. It may not be about cooking. It may be about just the festival in general, but we're a face and um, we want to present the sport in the best way possible. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Hopefully, hopefully I know there's some people out there that are thinking about doing some contests where it's pop-up only and stuff like that. And um, myself included, you know, we've got a couple of, Really nice breweries around here in Virginia, and I think it would be neat to, mm-hmm. to put That's something on. I think up northeast, don't they have some breweries up in, like, uh, Maine and Connecticut that have some contests? But I think yeah, a very viable, like, tag team to team up with. The most up. notable one is Harpoon Brewery up in Vermont. Yeah, I think I looked it up. I've always wanted to go up there and compete, and I was – I looked at it this year. It just wasn't in the, in the plans. I wanted to try the whole flying in and cooking somewhere <laughs> or in a pit bar in a drum or something. Oh yeah, man. That's your next step in your minimalist. Yeah. It's uh, I I'm doing that at the Royal, but I'm going far from minimalist. I'm actually yeah. going <laughs> robust. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that this will be an every year thing, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I think especially with the craft beer boom and all that stuff, and a lot of these places have some land where they could do something, but getting away from the power requirements and the water requirements and all of that, I, I think there's a, there's an opportunity there. And like you said, getting in front of the people, people want to see what's going on. If we can just figure out a way to get them to try the, to have access to the food, that's the best way to, yep. to yep. get that. So cool man well i want to thank you for taking some time out i uh but we still have the rapid fire questions these are my favorite all right bring them on all right what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you uh the the complaining and not just barbecue but just in life in general if you're going to complain (laughs) i don't want to be around you there's a lot of it in barbecue unfortunately but there's a lot of it in life right now unfortunately yeah 100 percent agree do you have a favorite pre, during, or post-competition meal? So that's going to be region-dependent. Uh, beforehand, uh, the default is going to be Mexican, but uh, there's certain contests that have nice restaurants that I like to go to. Like there's one in Tennessee that uh, I think is actually coming up in two weeks. I'm not going to be able to go to it this year, but they've got a killer catfish restaurant right on the Tennessee River. Um, if I am... In South Louisiana, uh, I'm going to go get Cajun. If I'm in Memphis, uh, probably in four weeks, I'm going to go to this Cajun restaurant there. So I've got little hole-in-the-wall places that, <laughs> that I'm going to go to that contest, maybe just so I can go back to that restaurant. <laughs> That's awesome. I've had some great me- – and I we do the same thing. We don't have a – it used to be fish tacos after Donnie Bray taught everybody about fish tacos, but <laughs> – gotten away from that now it's kind of just finding what's good locally and yeah. and like this weekend uh i don't know if you know what a brahms is but they're all over oklahoma 
And uh, I'm definitely going to have to get a milkshake and some fries on the way home. Like a large vanilla milkshake and a large fry, that salty sweet combination is is uh it's hard to beat after you've eaten barbecue all day <laughs> brahms huh i'll have to check it out yeah do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people um me and my wife are big fans of board games so uh <gasps> i'm a very competitive person and uh, i love anything that's strip strategy related so uh, if you're close to us, that's that's probably a gift that you might that you're going to get at Christmas is a, a board game. We've got a lot of unique ones, not just your monopolies, but uh, we've got some pretty creative ones that we really enjoy. I gotta ask, favorite board game? What's that? Secret Hitler. Huh? Secret Hitler. Look it up. Okay. I will do that. I have to check it out. I like to. I like Ticket to Ride myself. That's oh, that's my okay. That's that would have been my number two. <laughs> Ticket to Ride. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that as well. I'm a demon, a ticket to ride. I'm like, give me, <laughs> give me the longest train possible. Let's go. Challenge <laughs> All right. Last question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions or billions of people, what would it say and why? Just relax. I think just that word, just relax. Take a deep breath. Take yourself out of the situation. Look at it. Just calm down. Things aren't as bad as they appear. Um, take that politically, take that and barbecue. I mean, it's, it's life Think Bad things are going to happen. Let's just move on to the next one. Right on brother. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, man. Yeah, man. Well, hit me up. I'm in spot 385. I think I, think. I used, uh, yeah, I'm in 528. Yeah. It's right from whatever I was last year. I'm not too far from it, but it's a different number. So it's all okay. Good. We're farthest, the furthest point away from tournaments. That's oh, where we are. It's, that's where uh, you've been. Is that where you were last year? Yeah, and I'll never yeah. leave it. Okay, yeah, that's a haul to ter- to tournaments, especially yeah. since like tournaments even farther away from you. But I don't take them, so it's okay. okay. Yep. <laughs> you have a runner with that contest. There's nobody behind me, and there's I, I'm kind of on an island, so I just kind of love it out there. It's you got a title I, to defend, don't you? I have a chicken title to defend. Congrats on that, by the way. And hopefully you you back it up this year too. You know, it's, (laughs) so what, this is a good, good thing to talk about actually. Yeah. So we won chicken at the Royal last year and I've been cooking a different recipe this year. Oh, so are you going to go back? Well, that was the subject of a two hour long conversation home from the contest last week. Yeah. Where we where we didn't do well in chicken. Oh man! And Kim said, "What are you going to do in two weeks?" And I said, "I don't know, but I kind of feel like you I owe to go back, don't you? I owe it to the chicken, right? Yeah, I owe, I yeah. owe it to the trophy. I have to cook the same thing. So, yeah, yeah I think yeah. I think we're. I mean, I'm practicing." While we've been recording this, I'm practicing pork right now. I actually lit the jambo today, and okay. I've got some butts in there right now because having a touch of a pork crisis. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to cook it, right? You got to cook the same thing. I think so. Like until it doesn't work, I mean, you got to yeah. yeah. I think you got to go back to it. Yes, yeah, so come come back to me, <laughs> can, old friend. <laughs> I can feel the the worry in your voice there. Like oh, that's a that is a hard. That's a lot harder answer to come up with and it sounds like i you heard my voice go up because it's given me stress yeah and 
I tried cooking chicken on a big drum last week. Yeah. And totally different than my baby drum. And so I immediately had to put the baby drum on the plane. And yeah, I made an immediate phone call. Uh, or do you know a guy that makes those things that might bring you a baby drum? I I, I do, but I also know a, a guy in Iowa that can yep. bring me one. So yep. <laughs> that was that was the the set first call was to Lucky. The second call was, "Hey, Darren, bring your drum." <laughs> yeah. L- Lucky reminded me that he had one. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and it's been it's kept me up at night. Like <laughs> I bet, but. I'm going to fly with her. We'll see what happens. Yep. <laughs> You've done what, what everyone there wants to do. Get up on that stage. Like it's, we've been lucky enough to get a call there, but I want to get up on that stage. I want to it's, hold a crown. Yeah, so, man, it's, I just got goosebumps on the arm. Yep. Just you even bringing it up. There is nothing like it in barbecue. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, thousands of people in front of you, all just envious of your position. And, and Yeah. And they played Beastie Boys when we were walking up there, and it was like Perfect. it's my played my wife's favorite song, and I was like, "How did they know?" Like this is <laughs> the barbecue this, gods. Yeah, it was it was insane. So cool, man. Well, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, and uh, make sure you come by our site if you can on Thursday around four o'clock. We're going to be doing a live right. uh, podcast from the Royal. Would love to have you do a little cameo there. It'd be awesome. Cool, thing, man. Cool, Appreciate man. It. Thanks for having yep. me on. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the old Virginia smoke YouTube channel as well. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2022. Old Virginia.